Fanatics Football, the football segment of our Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate, Terry, and Mete. What's up, guys? What's up? Yo. All right. In today's episode, uh, we're actually going to talk about some news that an 18-game season should be coming in the future. Uh, we'll also get into um, some signings from around the league and just some a general outlook of that. And then we'll just hop right into our top 24 quarterback rankings for fantasy football for the 2021 season. So let's just hop right into the news. Um, Apparently there's a projection that the NFL, although they expanded to 17 games for the 2021 season, they could expand for up to 18 games in the 2025 season at the earliest. And I think that would mean there would be two bye weeks if I'm not mistaken, but um, let me just get to you first, Mete, um, with this news. Uh, what do you think about it? I guess, what's your opinion on it? How do you think the players will react to it? And what do you think it sort of does for the NFL? Um, my opinion on this is I'm always down for more football. Like, it's so fun to watch. Um, it's great for fantasy. We'll have an extra week. Uh, like you said, what do I think about the players? they probably won't be happy because a lot of them were already opposed for the 17-game schedule, I think. And uh, honestly, I like it because 17 games, like on an odd number, it's kind of weird. So evening it out uh, is better, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I'm pretty sure the CFL had an 18-game season, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it pretty much evens it out there. Um, and yeah, like you said, an even number of games does sound better. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on this. I guess just what are your thoughts on this whole thing? I guess it's kind of similar. Um, it's a good move for the fans. It's going to increase um, viewership, get more sponsors. It's pr- pretty much like a money decision for the NFL in general. I think for the players, they're not really going to like it, especially if they're like a top tier player, mainly because... Um, the value of their contract kind of goes down as they play more games. So they're probably going to try to kind of renegotiate their contracts to see if they can get more money. But it might be better for um, players who, I guess they're kind of, um, I guess you can consider them kind of like lower tier kind of players. Not because they're bad, but they just didn't, don't really have chances to play. So we might see uh, more of those guys in the future. And I guess for like depth wise for teams, we might see teams that try to draft for depth even more instead of just top end talent. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And just getting to the contract aspect that you brought up, I believe for this 17 game season coming up, uh, any contract that was signed before uh, the negotiation for the season uh, will get us, I believe a 17th uh, percentile uh, increase. So uh, they'll get uh, the game's worth of pay added on top if they choose to play. So I believe they are building that into all of the old contracts. And I guess any new contracts that you sign are signed for a 17-game season. So I'm pretty sure that's how it's going to work. And I'm pretty sure they'll probably just end up doing the same thing for an 18-game season. And I guess getting to you, Terry, uh, on this, uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on this whole thing, whether 17 games or 18 games, just moving forward? Well, 
I'm just going to summarize what basically Menti and Nathan said earlier. Everyone enjoys watching more football games. Just having that one extra game is going to be tremendous. Having said that, on the other hand, when you look at it from the player's perspective, it's going to be a knock on them. I mean, there's one extra game for someone to get injured and possibly have a career-ending injury, for example. Um, we look at the Saquon Barkley situation down in New York and say he does have, I don't know, say, for example, this 18-game season incremented this year. And he was having a perfect season until that last game. And then he gets injured now. I mean, everyone's going to label him as injury prone again. And having said that, I mean, with the NFLPA, they're going to have to negotiate that coming into their next uh, bargaining agreement, their next negotiation with the owners. And it's just going to be a back and forth pull between the two sides as always. And we hear it on other podcasts, and I'll say it right here. Um, the NFL doesn't stand for the National Football League. Stands for not long. <laughs> well, that is a good point. And I guess I'll just sort of get into I, maybe a positive and a negative about this whole thing. I guess the main positive is that uh, the TV deals are just going to keep increasing the more games they add. Uh, the NFL is just getting more money, which means the salary cap will be going up. It's sort of a COVID, a COVID recovery um, plan type thing. Uh, and I mean, uh, I think one of you guys mentioned more advertising. I believe that was Nate. Um, I guess more of, of everything else uh, that can just generate um, money. And I guess, uh, first of all, the NFL is a business, right? Uh, you know, the, they're just there to make money. All the owners are in it for the money primarily. I know some of them are heavily invested in their teams, but a lot of them are there maybe for a tax write-off or whatever they might be owning the team for. But uh, I think that's the main positive is that it'll generate revenue uh, for the NFL. And then uh, maybe a downside um, I, I guess to all of this is that, uh, I mean, you get to 18 games and it sort of devalues each game, in my opinion. Um, when it was down to 16 games, uh, every game mattered. I mean, you can't, you couldn't just throw away a game and keep your spot, you know, but like, let's just say Kansas City goes like 16 and oh, they could just throw away the last two games if they wanted to and just rest their players. But I mean, if it, if it's only a 16 game season, and they go 14 and 0. If they throw away their two games, they might not get the number one seed. So they gotta, you know, keep playing uh, just to get, um, you know, uh, their top spot in the standing. So uh, their starters like Mahomes, Ceh, Tyreek Hill, all these guys, they still gotta be in the lineup. Um, so the, I guess that's that's my negative uh, for it. Um, other than that, I think it's mostly positive, um, and I think that. Uh, it is reported uh, 2025. I think they will try and move towards this 18-game season as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, um, that's probably the only negative, in my opinion. And I guess, um, uh, I don't know, I'll start with you, Terry. Anything else you want? You might want to add here? I mean, I'm just a fan on fence. I mean, I can't really have one side or another on this. I mean, I understand what all the owners are expecting out of this 18-game schedule. And on the other hand, I can understand what the players are going to be understanding uh, with this 18-game schedule. We've heard stories before about players crying because of uh, shortened schedules and whatnot, even though it's just one bye week. I believe with 18 games, there will be two bye weeks, hopefully. Um, having said that, I mean... We'll just see what happens with the negotiations with this 18-game schedule, and hopefully it helps out with both sides. 
and then I guess getting to you, Nate, I guess as a fan, how do you sort of feel about this? Um, I guess like, I guess kind of what I was alluding to before, um, depth is probably going to be even more important than it was in previous seasons. Um, like I said before, there's a lot of um, players that they're good, but they're considered kind of like low, lower tier talent just because they don't necessarily have a chance to get on the field. For example, Mark Ingram was a really great player. He was like the number two guy behind Alvin Kamara at one point. And now he's kind of having a tough time trying to um, get some spots on the field. So um, I guess with this kind of, a game like this, they're going to want to rest their players more for the playoffs. And that would kind of give somebody like Mark Ingram more of a chance. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. Um, if you're a fan of a certain team and you like a certain player on the depth chart, you might want to see them get some more playing time. I guess, Nate, maybe as a Browns fan, maybe Najoku gets more reps if they're resting Hooper, that kind of thing. And then, Mete, any last thoughts on this? Um, I'd love to see the extra week, but I can understand why if they don't do it since, like Terry was saying, football is really taxing on the body and it could lead to more injuries, so... It could go either way. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just getting to our next uh, news item, uh, it looks like uh, Patriots running back Rex Burkhead has signed with the Houston Texans. And boy, does the Texans' backfield look pretty crowded. I believe there are seven guys on this roster that are competing for a starting job. Uh, This is pretty insane. I think they will be keeping four or five guys throughout training camp and the preseason, and they will probably be cutting two or three. Um, first, I'll just get to you guys, I guess, on the signing of uh, Burkhead first. I'll start with you once again, Mete. Um, what do you think about this depth signing? Um, honestly, I don't know what the Texans are doing. Like, like you were saying, this is their seventh running back on their depth chart now. I don't think they need that many. Uh, but Rex Burkhead is a good pass catcher. So if they have a role for him to be their pass catching running back, then I guess it's not too bad. Well, I mean, like you were saying, they are stacking up this roster. I believe they have 13 wide receivers on this roster. They also have, uh, I believe, seven tight ends as well. So they're just pretty much loading uh, this roster up with bodies. It, it, it really looks like, and uh, I guess getting to you, Terry, uh, any thoughts on this signing? And it's a great signing, especially with the culture they have in the NFL. Let's not forget um, the life expectancy, not the life expectancy, but like the career of our average NFL player is probably three and a half, maybe four years, give or take. And these guys ain't going to be in the league for long. So having said that, maybe Rex Burkhead is there to mentor or guys like Dontrez Hellard or maybe Scotty Phillips, maybe even Buddy Howell to be maybe that fourth or third guy into that uh, running back situation down in Houston. Um, maybe they see something interesting with Rex Burkhead that we don't see as fans. But having said that, um, I feel like it's a good veteran uh, addition to this uh, Texas team yeah for sure and then just getting to you Nate I guess just what are your thoughts on the signing well I guess they're anticipating the 18 game season so they're trying to get as much depth as they can (laughs) (laughs) they're probably looking ahead yeah um I guess just looking at the running backs on this roster 
Um, yeah, Nate, I will start with you. Um, I guess if you were to keep whether it was four or five of these running backs, I guess uh, which ones would you keep? And then I guess which ones would you cut here? I guess in terms of keep, um, I guess you could maybe keep like David Johnson, like probably just like the first, the top, maybe like top three and like either Mark Ingram or Rex Burghead, depending on um, who you like, and then just cut the rest. Yeah, I think they might actually keep the top four. Um, I don't know. I kind of have a hot take here. Uh, I think they might keep Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, and either Buddy Howell or Scotty Phillips. And I think David Johnson might be on his way out. It's just a hot take. Uh, I don't think they're 100% satisfied with what he's done so far in Houston. I don't know what you guys think. I guess I'll get to you, Terry, first. Uh, which guys do you think will stick around? I guess which guys do you think are, are going to get cut? I had to play maybe coach or GM or something like that. I mean, David Johnson, he's a great player and all, but you have to worry about him getting injured for those certain amount of games. And three years at $39 million back in 2018, I'm not sure when this contract expires uh, three years. That means this is going to be his last year then, right? It, it might be, I think. Yeah. At 29 years old, I mean, they might go to younger route and sign a guy like maybe Dontrell Hilliard and maybe even Scotty Phillips. Uh, if I had to go with four, though, Philip Lindsay, um, Scotty Phillips, Mark Ingram, and maybe Buddy Howell. That's the four I got to go with there. Yeah, and I guess you'd probably just be cutting Rex Burkhead after training camp. Yeah, if anything. I mean, he's probably going to be there to mentor a couple of the younger guys like uh, Buddy, Scotty, and Dontrell. Uh, just get them adjusted to the playbook, maybe understand, like, the go-to when it comes to the NFL. But besides that, that's all I probably would bring Burkhead there for. Yeah, like I was taking a look at this and I, I know they brought in Mark Ingram. I know he's a great locker room guy. I don't think they plan on cutting him. Even if he's not the starter, I think he still stays on this roster. Um, I honestly think the starter is going to be Philip Lindsay. Um, he's a young runner. Um, I don't think he got a fair shake in Denver. I feel like he definitely deserves a, a look here. Um, I think, uh, like one of you guys said, Rex Burkhead should be coming out on third down. He's a great third down guy. Uh, Buddy Howell's been with this team since 2018. I think he does stick around on the practice squad. And I believe they drafted uh, Scotty Phillips, so I don't think he's going anywhere as well. So, yeah, I think David Johnson might be the guy on his way out. But I will get to you, Mete, uh, before we move on. I guess your thoughts on which guys will stick around. Um, just going off my knowledge, I could probably keep David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and Rex Burkhead if I could keep four. And if I could keep a fifth, I'd go for Scotty Phillips because he's only 23. Um, I don't really know much about Scotty Phillips, Buddy Howell, or Dontrell Hillard. That's why I'd keep those four. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. That's probably what the depth chart is looking at as of right now heading into training camp. So I guess the younger guys will just have to prove themselves if they want to overtake uh, any others on the depth chart. And if anything, yeah, Scotty Phillips, it doesn't look like he's going anywhere since I believe they just drafted him. Um, 
so he'll be on the practice squad at least. But yeah, let's just move on. Uh, that was our last uh, bit of news there. Uh, let's just get to our top 24 quarterback rankings for fantasy football this coming season. And I mean, a lot of uh, quarterback rankings are pretty much hot takes. Um, everyone's sort of just ranking where they see a different quarterbacks going. Um, I know we say half point PPR, but I think most leagues uh, sort of uh, calculate quarterback points uh, the same way. So I think overall uh, settings, most of most of the quarterback uh, stats are similar. So um, Nate, I'll start with you first. I guess just give us your top three and just give us why you have them there. So for top three, I have uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Dak Prescott. Um, Josh Allen, I believe he was ranked one um, last season. Um, I think a really common theme for all the top tier quarterbacks, they can he can pass and he can run. He he takes um, some risky runs and there is some kind of like injury concerns depending on how the line can protect him. But he was able to play all 16 games last season, even with his, um, I guess, high risk type of play style. Um, I think last season he got 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. His, his completion rating was 69.2%. He got eight rushing touchdowns. Um, he got one receiving touchdown, which is interesting. Special. <laughs> so, I mean, we might see some Philly special from Josh Allen. So, I guess maybe you can put it a number one because of that if you like that. Um, I guess Patrick Mahomes, number two. You could argue him as number number one if you want. Um, I think they had a similar fantasy points per game. There was 25, but I think Patrick Mahomes had um, less total fantasy points than Josh Allen. So if you if you really like um, total fantasy points, um, depending on how many games Patrick Mahomes will be in, um, you could put him higher or lower, depending on how well Casey does. If Casey ends up having the season they had last year, they might end up benching him for like the last game and then he might he might like finish like second or third and then um Dak Prescott I put him at third mainly because of his ceiling um before he got injured he was on pace to lead the league in fantasy points per game for quarterbacks so um just in case he's not like 100% I put him at three but he should be able to match the production of both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes if he's if he's fully healthy yeah, and I guess um, just to make sure this is correct, the reason you have Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes is just because of the rushing upside. Is that correct? Yeah, and like kind of like schedule stuff just in case like Casey does too well and Patrick Mahomes ends up playing okay. less games or whatever. Okay, that makes sense. And um, yeah, that would be, I guess, if he rests uh, more than one week because usually they cut off fantasy before the last week of the season. So you're saying, I guess, if he rests more than one week, then that's a concern. Yeah. All right. And um, I'll get to you, Mete, next. Um, I guess, where do you have your top three quarterbacks? So my first quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Um, there's not much to say about him. He's the best quarterback. He's got a lot of great weapons. Um uh, he only he threw for almost 4,800 yards last season, 38 touchdowns to six interceptions, and he's starting to run more, which is really nice. Um, number two, I have Dak Prescott. 
this is kind of risky, like we were saying, um, might not be 100%. But like Nate was saying, his ceiling is so high that I think I got to put him here. Uh, I feel like he might not be rushing as much due to the injury. So he might be a bit lower, but I just have him at two because why not? Um, and then number three, I have Josh Allen. Uh, great year last year. Like we were saying, he runs a lot. So that really helps him. Uh, he had eight rushing touchdowns last year, which is great. And threw for over 4,500 yards, which is also great. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of consistency, I guess, uh, with the guys that you have in your top three. Uh, Terry, let me just get to you on your top three. My top three was basically uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and uh, interchangeable. It could be Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, but I went with Dak Prescott because of his weapons around him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, don't really need to answer the question there. Uh, basically, the future of this league was most of the old heads uh, retire. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hartman, uh, Byron Pringle. And then with Josh Allen, you know him and uh, Stephon Diggs, they both have that chemistry. And then they just added Emmanuel Sanders. Cole Beasley's going to do his thing, and then they'll figure out who they're going to pass to from the backfield. And with Dak Prescott, we already know the weapons that he had last year before he went down. Um, Amari Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, Schultz, and then Ezekiel Elliott as well, if anything. But that's my top three. Yeah, for sure. I definitely um, like where uh, you're going with your top three. Uh, I just wanted to mention something before I say my top three is that um, I'd say in the last five fantasy seasons, the guy that finished uh, number one in quarterback points didn't finish at the top the next season. So whether it was Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, whoever it was, they didn't finish at the top the next season. So Nate, while I like your boldness in going with Josh Allen two years in a row, I don't think it's going to happen. So I have Patrick Mahomes, number one, I have Dak Prescott, number two, and I have Lamar Jackson at number three. And I feel like people are sleeping on Lamar Jackson, but I'll get to him. I'll start with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I guess his arm talent, um, the talent uh, with his legs, uh, I guess the, receiving core he has around him all the playmakers um i guess the offensive scheme he has i just can't put him lower than number one because he has the highest ceiling um out of everyone uh in the quarterback rankings um so i think the rest pretty much speaks for itself i have dak prescott at number two i guess mainly because of that points per game last year of how consistently solid he was every game and if you don't count that last game where he got injured his stats per game inflate even higher than that. So, um, yeah, he had an amazing start to the season last year. He's consistently been a top five quarterback the last three seasons in fantasy. So we definitely can't sleep on this guy anymore. I have him at number two. And I have Lamar Jackson at number three because I feel like people are sleeping on him. It, it was two years ago. He was the number one quarterback in fantasy. Uh, he has that rushing floor. He rushed for over a thousand yards in back-to-back -back seasons. No other quarterback can touch that. I mean, he had like what, um, maybe at least eight rushing touchdowns last year. And he had well over that the year before. 
I mean, if this guy can just figure it out with his arm, he's a top three quarterback, at least, if not fighting for number one. So I feel like uh, it was between him and Josh Allen. I don't think Josh Allen's going to be number one again. So I just had to lean into that upside with Lamar Jackson. But uh, Nate, let me get to you for your next three, four to six. Um, I guess for four to six, I got uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I guess Kyler Murray, um, he's not as talented as maybe like the top three, but he's still very talented. He was able to play all 16 games, which I think is very important for fantasy. Um, he can rush and pass just like all the other top tier quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think for passing, he got almost 4,000 yards. He was like 30 yards shy. He got 26 passing touchdowns. His completion rating was 67%. Um, I think he had 819 rush yards with 11 rushing touchdowns as well. And so I put him at number four. And then for Lamar Jackson, I put him at number five. Um, he has the potential to be even higher than this, but um, I'm just not sure if he's going to take the next step and try to throw more. Um, he likes to run the football a lot. So um, I guess it just kind of remains to be seen how well he kind of uh, digs deep into his um, arm talent this season. Um, I think his passing was, I think, 2,757 2, yards, and he had, was 26 a passing touchdowns, something like that. So um, if he throws more, he might um, pass Kyler Murray. And I guess for Aaron Rodgers, he finished fourth last season, and I think he had 24.2 fantasy points per game. So he should be around number six, but he doesn't um, rush as much as the guys above him. So put him at number six. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we just don't know Aaron Rodgers' status for the season. So I guess we can't really put him any higher than that. But I just wanted to add one more thing for Lamar Jackson. I believe he only did uh, all of those things in 12 games and he still finished inside the top 10 while only playing 12 games. So I... I'm just really high on his upside going into the season. But yeah, Mete, I'll get to you for your next three. All right. So my number four quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Like you're saying, he's got a insane ceiling. Like if this guy throws for 3,500 yards or even more, like, oh my goodness, he's going to be first probably. And um, I think the only problem with him is he needs a true number one wide receiver. I know they signed Sammy Watkins this offseason, but I don't think him or Hollywood Brown are um, number one receivers. I think they're solid number two receivers. So that's the only knock I have on him. My next quarterback at five is Russell Wilson. Um, there's not much to say about him. He's a great quarterback. He wins a lot, but in fantasy, that doesn't matter, even though and so matter, he puts up great stats as well. Last season, he uh, put up over 4,200 yards, 40 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. He can rush. Um, and he was a top three MVP candidate for uh, almost the whole year. And then my sixth quarterback is Kyler Murray. Uh, I think it is a good spot for him. He didn't take that big of a leap from his rookie year, but... He was very close to 4,000 yards uh, throwing-wise, and I think he might have been the second in quarterback rushing yards since he was at 819. So 
he was coastal on Mars a thousand yards. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, uh, I think the the main thing we can look at is in most of our, I guess, top six, uh, there's a lot of guys with rushing floors. I think you need that now in the NFL um, to be a good fantasy quarterback. Um, but yeah, Terry, I'll just get to you for your next three. My next three, I believe, were Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. I had Kyler Murray up there just because of the acquisition of A.J. Green. I feel like if he can be healthy and be relied upon as that second option uh, right beside uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like Kyler Murray's passing yards and touchdowns will increase significantly. Having said that, the man last year had, I think, uh, 3,900 passing yards and around 800 rushing yards. And just with guys like James Conner, Chase Edmonds, also uh, being able to pass catch out of the side of the backfield, I feel like that's just going to help him as well. Lamar Jackson, I had him fifth. Um, with Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews, I feel like he's going to have an excellent year with his uh, passing yards. It's going to be well over uh, 2,900 yards. Having said that, um, hopefully the line doesn't break down on him. He had 29 sacks. Well, he was sacked 29 times and had like nine interceptions with that. And then Russell Wilson um, has a rushing floor still, even though he's getting up there in age, has those options. Uh, Carson, DK, Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, Eskridge, and then possibly Everett. Um, you're just hoping that the line holds up because he did get four, sacked 47 times last year. And honestly, if that line holds up, he's going to be a top five, maybe even a top three option. Yeah, for sure. And um, just getting to my four to six, uh, number four, I have Josh Allen. Obviously, we talked about he led uh, the league in fantasy points. Obviously, I pointed out that um, the same guy has not led in fantasy points two years in a row. Obviously, it could happen for Josh Allen um, if he stays healthy. Um, but I have him at number four because uh, it just seems like a very comfortable place to put him. Um, I feel like that um, he's ranked, I, I think, in the right spot. I feel like the three guys in front of him have a little bit more upside. They have a, a few more receiving options as well compared to Josh Allen. Um, I, and I think... Um, I mean, you're fine taking him in the top three. Um, you could switch him and Lamar Jackson if you wanted to, maybe him and Dak Prescott as well. Um, and then number five, I have Kyler Murray. I guess for all the reasons you guys mentioned, uh, his rushing totals, I guess um, all of the receiving options he had, uh, someone mentioned A.J. Green, um, DeAndre Hopkins, even Christian Kirk out of the slot. If Fitzgerald comes back, he's there as well. Um, there's some decent tight ends over there. And I mean, Chase Edmonds was one of his favorite targets. So let's not forget about that. Uh, those checkdowns were very important for him picking up fantasy points. And I mean, his rushing totals were solid. So that definitely gives him a great floor. And then number six, I have Russell Wilson for similar reasons. Um, I just put Kyler Murray above him because Murray is a little bit younger, but um, Wilson can still uh, pass the ball. I mean, uh, he's been an MVP candidate uh, for the past two seasons, just putting up insane numbers. Um, I think the only thing that might hold him back is that offensive line. So uh, I might just put Kyler Murray ahead of him just for that reason. But I feel like these top uh, six quarterbacks I have here all um, possess similar traits and that they have an elite rushing floor and then um, have a very high ceiling when it comes to both passing and touchdowns. 
All right, Nate, let me get to you for your quarterback seven to nine. Uh, who do you have for your next three? Sure. So for seven to nine, um, I have Russell Wilson at seven, Tom Brady at eight, and uh, Justin Herbert at nine. Um, Russell Wilson, um, he's still one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, despite his age, like everyone else said. Um, I think he finished with 23.3 fantasy points per game and 372 total fantasy points. He did finish sixth last season, but um, he might take a little bit of a dip, mainly because of how stacked the NFC West is this season. So it's going to be a lot harder to compete for any team in that division, um, even for like the Seahawks. So I put him at seventh. Um, I put Tom Brady at eighth. Um, he did finish with 21.5 fantasy points per game last season. Um, I think he was eight, who was eighth last season as well. And Tampa Bay's um, schedule is going to be really favorable for them. So um, his production might increase a little bit. So he should be able to keep that eighth spot. Um, I put Justin Herbert at ninth. Um, he also finished ninth last season. He got 22.2 fantasy points per game. And yeah, that's my seven to nine. All right, and uh, just getting to you, Mattea, who do you have for your next three? My number seven quarterback is Justin Herbert. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't hit the famous sophomore slump and instead takes another leap this year. Uh, threw for over 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Even had five rushing touchdowns, so it's got good upside. And I think the Chargers um, improved their offensive line this offseason, so it should give them more time to throw, which will help him. For number eight, I went with Matthew Stafford. Uh, some people might believe this is too high, but I'm really high on Stafford this year because this is going to be the best team he's played on. So I feel like he'll have a great year. He threw for over 4,000 yards last season, 26 to 10 interceptions, 26 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, sorry. And he's not the greatest rusher, but he rushed for 112 yards last season. And number nine, I went with Aaron Rodgers. Um, a lot of people might believe this is too low, but right now with the uncertainty of him playing, uh, it's just tough to put him higher. Like. I put, the, I put him at nine due to having respect for him because he's obviously a top 10 talent for sure. Um, I feel like even if he plays for Green Bay, like with him being so mad at the front office, he might not be trying his hardest, if that makes any sense. So he's my number nine quarterback. I think I could argue there that I think he was pretty cheesed at them heading into this past season and he – pretty much um, said screw you and threw an MVP level season. So, I mean, maybe he might do the same, but like you said, we don't know if he's going to even play uh, for the Packers next season. Um, and then I guess just getting to you, Terry, for your seven to nine quarterbacks. Seven to nine, I believe I had Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Ryan Tannehill. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's coming off an of MVP uh, season, I think 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. 4,200 uh, passing yards. Having said that, this is coming up uh, season. He'll find himself in a new home, whether it's, I believe, Denver, Carolina, or maybe Green Bay just uh, decides to say, all right, enough of the trade talk. 
coming back again next year. Um, he has the talent around him. I believe Aaron Jones, uh, Adams, Marquez Valdez, Gantling, uh, Lazar, and then their new tight end, Toy Den. Having said that, I mean, the O-line hasn't uh, put Aaron Rodgers on his back too much. They only allowed 20 sacks for the guy. And then next, you got Tom Brady, uh, seven rings. He's determined to go perfect. And I believe he had 4,600 passing yards with like 40 touchdowns. Offensive line keeps him standing up, 42 sacks only. And then all the talent around him, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, all the tight ends they have. And then uh, Ronald Jones, who is a consistent pack pass catcher there. Um, Ryan Tannehill, kind of the quiet option when you look at the top 12. This offseason hurt him a lot just because of John Smith and Corey Davis leaving, but I feel that's more opportunities with the offense. Um, having said that, I feel like the Titans aren't done addressing the wideouts in the pass catcher situation. Um, they have options there. A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, he doesn't really get that much uh, time because of his time with the Rams. Uh, I believe Des Fitzpatrick just got drafted in the fourth round. He had time with Lamar Jackson, and he has been proven. And then I believe Anthony Fisker, he was the busiest guy in OTA this past week. So give him some time, and I feel like he's going to shine. 24 sacks allowed by this offensive line as well. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like that bold move there with uh, Ryan Tannehill. But uh, I guess for my next three, I have Aaron Rodgers at number seven. I mean, he's the league MVP. Uh, even with the uncertainty with him, I just couldn't put him any lower than that. I mean, um, if he did have rushing upside, you could probably put him in your top five, but he his upside is very limited because of his age. Um, he will scramble for a few yards here and there, so I think he'll definitely uh, return good value if he does play this year. Um, number eight, I have Justin Herbert. I know Mete mentioned the, soft, the sophomore slump. Um, I'm just hoping it doesn't happen. Uh, he's one of those quarterbacks with a rushing floor. Um, I guess um, him being unproven is why he isn't in maybe the top five or six. Uh, but number eight is a great spot if you want to take him as your starting quarterback. He'll definitely produce. I believe uh, he produced 22 um, fantasy points per game on average. So he was very solid last season. Um, and then number nine, I have Tom Brady. Obviously, he doesn't have the rushing floor like all the quarterbacks above him. But I mean, uh, in this offense, I believe that they weren't even up to par with their offense until the bye week last year. And he still threw for over 40 touchdowns. I fully expect him to go over 40 again. That'll definitely increase his total. He's definitely a top 12 quarterback. So I like him at number nine. And uh, Nate, uh, just rounding out your top 12, who are your next three, the 10 to 12? So I guess my 10 to 12 would be um, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, and uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, Matthew Stafford, um, he played on Detroit last year, and he got 16.3 fantasy points per game. And uh, he got traded to the LA Rams, who were a playoff-level team. Um, they have a lot of talent around him. He is playing in, in a tough division, so how good he is is probably going to be capped. But I think he'll still be really good. I think good enough to be um, 10th even. And I put uh, Carson Wentz at 11th. Um, even though he didn't really have the greatest season last year and he only got 16.5 fantasy points per game, he's still a very good quarterback. He's been to the Super Bowl before. And again, um, the Colts are another playoff level team. So he has all the talent around him to be as good as he wants to be. So I'm thinking he should have a very productive um, career this year. 
And I put Jalen Hurts at number 12 mainly because of his ceiling. I think during the last few weeks of um, Philly's season, they start they decided to start Jalen Hurts. Um, he did really, really well. So assuming that he can kind of bring that to um, this coming season as well, he might finish in a top 12. Yeah, for sure. Those are definitely some good uh, quarterbacks there rounding out. Uh, your QB ones, and I guess just getting to you, Mete, uh, who are your 10 to 12 quarterbacks? All right, so my 10th quarterback I have is Matt Ryan. Um, the departure of Julio will definitely hurt him if it happens, but honestly, I feel like he's a top 10 quarterback for fantasy every year, so it was kind of a safe choice for me here. And for number 11, I have Tom Brady. Honestly, he could be higher, but he's about to turn 44. And, like, I know everyone's like, oh, he's, he's great, he's ageless. But at some point, he's got to regress. And I feel like it might start this year. So I have him just outside the top 10. And then number 12, I have Joe Burrow. Uh, I know his injury was terrible. Uh, it might kind of hurt him a bit. But honestly, I think he's worth the risk. Uh, in 10 games, he threw for over 2,600 yards, 13 touchdowns to five interceptions. He also rushed for 142 yards and three touchdowns. So if he's fully healthy, I think he'll have a great year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'll get to you, Terry. I guess rounding out your top 12, who are your three quarterbacks? Uh, the three quarterbacks I had was Matthew Stafford, um, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. With Matthew Stafford, I mean, 4,100 passing yards, 26 touchdowns. Unfortunately, he had 10 interceptions, but that's behind the Detroit line, offensive line. Um, with him being traded to L.A., I feel like it's going to help him, unlike him being on uh, the Rams. Not the Rams. What am I saying? The Lions. Uh, the Rams only allowed 23 sacks for Jared Goff last season compared to the 38 uh, the Lions allowed for Stafford. So having said that, I feel like that line's going to help him keep upright. And with talent like Woods, Cup, uh, Deshaun Jackson trying to prove to everyone he still got it, Tyler Higby, I feel like that's going to be a recipe for Matthew Stafford to have a top 10 uh, season. With Justin Herbert, rookie of the year, over 4,000 passing yards, 31 touchdowns. Um some teams will adjust to him just because they have a lot more film, but the talent around this guy, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, Allen, Mike Williams, I believe guys like Jalen Guyton and probably uh, Josh Palmer, they're going to produce as well, but let's hope he doesn't have the sophomore slump. And then we got J we Burrow, uh, first overall draft pick, rookie campaign cut short. He's going to want to show everyone that why he was drafted first overall. Um, I think 2,500 passing yards at least, 13 touchdowns, 10 games. Hopefully the offensive lineman keeps him upright. And then the talent around him, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Chase, uh, and C.J. Zome. Hopefully that's a recipe for a top 12 season. Yeah, I definitely like uh, some of the choices you made there. Um, I guess getting into my next three, uh, number 10, I have Jalen Hurts. 
Um, I think what we saw at the end of the season was just sort of a sneak peek of the kind of upside that Hurts will have as a quarterback with the amount of, uh, I guess, rushing that he can do. Uh, I saw a lot of similarities between him and a younger version of Cam Newton. I definitely uh, like what I'm seeing there. Um, I definitely uh, believe that he can have that uh, top 12 level uh, fantasy uh, quarterback, uh, similar to what Cam Newton did in his younger years. Um, so I definitely like Hurts at number 10. Number 11, I have Ryan Tannehill. And I believe, Terry, you were the one that talked about Tannehill. Um, I just like him because he has rushing upside. I know a lot of people don't talk about that, but uh, it's definitely one of his strong traits. And I mean, um, just his connection with A.J. Brown alone definitely um, warrants him. He's one of the most consistent fantasy quarterbacks every year that people just don't talk about. So I have to put him inside my top 12. And I guess rounding out my top 12, um, I know this might definitely change depending on what happens in the organization, but I put Matt Ryan at number 12. And the reason I have him there is because he did not have a healthy lineup around him last season. Obviously injuries to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley sort of derailed his fantasy season. But if both of them play for the Falcons this year. I definitely like Matt Ryan returning to a top 12 level quarterback. Obviously, if Julio Jones gets traded, I will be dropping him outside of my top 12, but I have him there as of right now, just for his pedigree as he has finished inside the top five um, in previous seasons. So um, I guess now moving into just quarterback two level territory for fantasy, um, I'll go the other way around this time. I'll start with you, Terry. Um, who are your 13 to 15? 13 to 15, I believe I had Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, and Baker Mayfield, surprisingly. Um, with Carson Wentz, I mean, the offensive line in Indy is probably one of the best in the league. Having said that, he was having a subpar year last year. I believe he had 16 touchdowns, 15 INTs, with like 2,500 yards. And he was like sacked 50 times in what, Philly? Like, if you want this guy to uh, be probably around that quarterback one, quarterback two range, Indy's offensive line is going to help him. Guys like uh, Zach Pascal, I believe T.Y. Hilton, Pittman Campbell, Jack Doyle, and uh, Mo Ali, those guys, I mean, he has the weapons. They just need to develop. And the Indy O-line behind Phillip Rivers, only 19 sacks. Uh, Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, I mean, let's be honest, this guy, top 10 quarterback in the past couple of years, has the weapons, uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And I feel like their running back is going to alleviate some of that pressure from the double teams for their wideouts. Baker Mayfield, a lot of his options are pass uh, options. OJB, Jarvis Landry, uh, Kareem Hunt. I believe Dada Higgins and then Austin Hooper. Offensive line only allowed 26 sacks, and then he had 26 touchdowns along with 3,000 passing yards. That's my top 15 right there. Yeah, I definitely liked how you called Odell OJB. That's a new little twist <laughs> on his name. No, I rate that, bro. I run um, out of breath, man. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I definitely like all the points you made there, um, especially about Carson Wentz. And um, Mete, I'll just get to you uh, this time on your uh, 13 to 15. All right. For my number 13, I have the same quarterback as Terry. I have Carson Wentz. Like he was saying, he's getting an instant upgrade in offensive line. 
Uh, we talked about him getting an upgrade in weapons, so it's looking good for him. And he also gets to reunite with his uh, old coach, Frank Reich, which should help him get back to his MVP form. And then my next quarterback is his ex-teammate in Philly, Jalen Hurts. Um, honestly, he could be higher, but since he only played four games, I wanted to be a little cautious with him. But the potential he flashed, like, He's got to be top 14 for me for sure. And then for 15, I have Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he'll take a bigger step this year and get even better than his previous year. Uh, he only threw eight interceptions last year, which is uh, great. It was a career high for him. He was in double digits uh, his previous seasons. And then I think that the returning – the return of Odell Beckham Jr. will also help him as he'll get his number one wide receiver back. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like the quarterbacks you had there. And uh, getting to you, Nate, for your 13 to 15 quarterbacks. So my 13 to 15 is Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield. Um, for Ryan Tannehill, um, he's a great quarterback, but um, I think his production is going to be capped by kind of how the offense works in Tennessee. Um, the offense flows through um, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill is kind of not complimentary, but it's kind of like a one-two punch, if that makes sense. Um, if they, for example, like the Julio trade rumor um, actually comes true and he actually goes to Tennessee, like he'd be a lot higher, of course, but um, I'm just assuming that the, I guess the roster is going to kind of look how it's kind of like how it is right now. So I think he's just kind of like looking into top 12 with kind of top 12 potential. And uh, Matt Ryan, he also have to, has a uh, top 12 potential in terms of talent, but um, I guess I'm just not sure um, whether he's kind of going to reach that potential. Um, I think Last year, Julio was injured. Calvin Ridley was injured, as you guys said. So um, Matt Ryan really likes to throw to Julio. It's kind of like a, a comfort I kind of throw for him. So um, also, especially with kind of like the rumors, if he ends up actually getting traded, I'm not sure how he's going to um, adjust this season. He should be um, fine for the most part, but he might kind of take a small dip and just be right outside the top 12. And for um, Baker Mayfield, I thought um, he was probably going to step up. Like you guys said, the um, roster on paper for the Browns is really good this year. Um, I think um, even like with, with um, Odell, it's going to create a lot of um, matchup problems for the defense. So that's going to open up a lot of chances for everyone else. So um, Baker should have a, a lot easier time throwing this season compared to previous seasons as well yeah for sure and um I guess for my 13 to 15 I was just looking like outside the top 12 quarterbacks which quarterbacks have the best chance of sort of finding their way into the top 12 I guess if you draft them outside so that's kind of what I was looking for so at number 13 I have Matthew Stafford um I feel like he's sort of an unproven commodity uh going to LA uh, we haven't seen him outside of a poor offense, so we just don't know what he is. Um, if I knew what he was, I would have him inside my top 12 right away, and he definitely could find himself there uh, if Matt Ryan drops out. But um, yeah, Matthew Stafford, he has 
all the talent in the world to produce a top 12 level season with the Rams. It's just going to come down to how much they want to run the ball and how much they want him to throw. So we'll definitely have to see um, how that goes in like OTAs training camp preseason and all that. And then uh, for number 14, I have Joe Burrow. I definitely agree with all the points that Terry brought up. Um, I would have him in my top 12. I just have some injury concerns with him and some offensive line concerns. Um, I mean, they drafted a bunch of guys, but I mean, you don't know how they're going to pan out. Um, he definitely has the pass catchers around him, which is why I have him here at number 14. But I guess we'll definitely have to see um, how he plays after an injury and I guess just how that offensive line pans out for him. And then number 15, I have Carson Wentz. I definitely agree on all of your points with Carson Wentz. I wanted to have him in my top 12. He has rushing upside. Um, he just has the issue of uh, throwing interceptions. Most likely that's going to drop this year because of uh, a better line in front of him. He won't have to rush the passing. Uh, he won't have to scramble as much. Um, he's just going to generally be under a lot less pressure. Uh, he should be able to make his comfort throws like he had been doing in Philly for the three straight previous seasons before last year i mean he does have a proven track record so we can't just write him off and say oh he's not worth a draft pick so uh, i do have him at number 13 but um terry i will get to you for your 16 to 18 16 to 18 i believe i had big ben jalen hurts and uh matt ryan with big ben he's always going to try and prove himself and with the talent around him i feel like guys like chase claypool Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Washington try and help them out as much as they can. The offensive line allowed 18 sacks last season, but with guys retired, that might increase. And as always, Big Ben always is going to give you at least 33 touchdowns, probably uh, maybe around 4,000 passing yards. And with this Steelers team, I feel like they might be able to crack 4,000 yards at least for Big Ben. With Jalen Hurts, I mean, with Carson Wentz gone, the young gun's going to take in charge. Hurts, with the four-game starter, he had around maybe 1,000 passing yards with six touchdowns. And rushing yards, you can expect with Jalen Hurts as well. Around 300 passing yards, not passing, rushing yards with three TDs. And 13 sacks allowed from the offensive line. He's going to have the talent around him. Deontay Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, those guys are going to have something to prove. With Matt Ryan, on the other hand, Julio Jones wants out, and I feel like it's going to be a slight decrease from the Matty Ice we always see from the past years. The contract restructure says so as well. Um, they're going to expect a lot of money saved from just restructuring Matty Ice's contract, I believe around $11 million worth. Uh, 41 sacks allowed from that old line, and then you got talent around. Uh, I believe Calvin Ridley, uh, Russell Gage, um, Carolina's running back. I forgot his name, but his name's Davis. It was Mike Davis, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, that special tight end, I believe his name's Kyle Pitts, correct? Yeah, so having said that, the options are still there for him to be a top 15 quarterback, and hopefully, he proves me wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely in the 16 to 18 range, you're just looking for guys that can sort of, you know, produce for you, whether it's in a backup role or in a, an upside role. But uh, Mete, let me get to you for your 16 to 18. All right. My 16th quarterback I have is Ryan Tannehill. Um, the only thing I don't like about him is the run-heavy offense of Tennessee. They're going to be, they're going to try to be running the ball like 30 times a game. And 
that kind of works against Tannehill's favor, I think. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for him. He had a great year though, so I have to give him some respect. For number 17, I have Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, well, that's a hard name to say. Um, <laughs> he only played nine games last year, so he threw for just over 1,800 yards. I think he'll take a leap this year with the addition of Miami weapons like Fuller. Uh, yeah, he also has rushing upside, uh, ran for 109 yards, three touchdowns. So I think he's a good pick at 17. And at number 18, I went with Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick out of Clemson. Um, I don't watch college football, so I'm not, I don't really like ranking rookies. So, but with him being the first overall pick, like I have to do this and put him in the top 24. Um, what's crazy about him is actually he's never lost a regular season game. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, definitely something that I like, you know, just giving some love to the rookies. Cause I mean, Joe Burrow did have a great rookie season last year until he got hurt. We saw what Justin Herbert did. He was a top 12 quarterback in his rookie year. So I think definitely uh, we shouldn't overlook the rookies coming in. And uh, Nate, just getting to you, uh, who are your 16 to 18 quarterbacks? So my 16 to 18 is Tua Tagovailoa, Cam Newton, and uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, Tua, he's in a great situation in Miami. They have a lot of talent in that team. Um, They were, I think, knocking on the door of the playoffs last year, if I'm not mistaken, if they didn't um, get there already. Um, they are a potential playoff team. So um, Tua should have a great season this year. And I put Cam at 17th. Um, he could finish higher than 17th, depending on um, how healthy he is. Um, he did get COVID last season, so he wasn't at 100%. So if he's fully healthy, um, he could end up um, getting even higher than this and I guess for Kirk Cousins he's kind of like I guess kind kind of like a safe pick his upside isn't um, that high but he's pretty consistent I think but his um, upside is kind of capped by the offense in um, Minnesota yeah for sure Um, I definitely uh, like some of the the names that you brought up there and I'm um, just getting to my 16 to 18 at 16. I have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Mete, you did mention that he never lost a college regular season game. That is a fact. And he comes into a Jacksonville offense that actually has some playmakers there. I mean, they drafted Travis Etienne as a pass catching running back. Um, if James Robinson stays on the team, he'll be rushing out of there. They have LaVisca Chanel. They have um, Chark. They have, um, I believe Marvin Jones is now there. Um, and of course, Tim Tebow is now there. So we don't know what kind of packages they'll be running with him. But I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence has guys around him. Um, he should feel very comfortable being there. I don't know how good the offensive line will be, um, but I believe it did get better this year through the draft. Um, so yeah, I think that I guess just with his IQ, um, I guess um, his, his form, I mean, the guy does have rushing upside as well. Um, and, and I mean, it, it will be a decent floor for him heading into his rookie year. So I think that he could finish even higher than 16, but I sort of want to put him a little bit lower because I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause we don't know what we're going to see. Um, number 17, I have Cam Newton here also. 
Um, I believe he was a top uh, three fantasy quarterback early in the season. I believe he was averaging close to 30 points per game in the first few weeks. Um, maybe even around uh, 25 points per game as the weeks went on. But as soon as he got COVID, for some reason, he just was not playing the same. Um, it seemed like most of his passing um, was gone at that point. And even his rushing uh, was just not getting it done for him in terms of fantasy points. So I'm a little bit more conservative with him here. Um, if he is the starter for the whole season, uh, he should be able to finish higher than this considering the weapons he has around him. The offensive line will be a year older. So definitely um, they, uh, that'll give him some upside. Um, and, and I guess just uh, overall, um, he should be a lot healthier. So I have Cam Newton at number 17. Uh, number 18, I actually have Daniel Jones here. Um, uh, I do have him higher than someone like Tua just because uh, I feel like Daniel Jones started to put it together last year. Um, but he just didn't have all the weapons around him to do so. I feel like with Saquon Barkley coming back, you got Kenny Galladay in there to be that big-bodied receiver. I mean, you add two solid tight ends. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's an amazing blocker, so he'll definitely help uh, Daniel Jones in terms of just pass protection. You got Evan Ingram. And then the plenty of other wideouts they have, I definitely uh, think that Daniel Jones is worth a, a pick in the top 18. Um, but Terry, I'll, I'll get to you now. Um, for your 19 to 21 as we're slowly getting to the end of our QB2s? Honestly, near the end, it's like there's so much talent at quarterback and like just listing or just comparing all these guys together, it's like kind of hard. Uh, at 19, I got Cam Newton, 20, Tua Taiga, Vailoa, and 21, Trevor Lawrence. With Cam Newton, we all know the story last year, didn't have that much talent at the receiver core. This year, he's going to have, I believe, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, along with Hunter Henry and Kobe Myers on top of John Smith. Having said that, I feel like it's going to be a bounce back year. They also got some offensive line help to decrease the 31 sacks allowed from that old line. And hopefully it's going to be a bounce back year for Cam Newton with two attack of Iowa. Uh, he's going to be more comfortable with the Miami offense just because last year he was kind of like that uh, game manager, he would just bring up the ball, you know, dink and dash, that type of stuff. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller is going to be coming back after suspension. I believe Miles Gaskins is on that team as well. Mike Kosicki and not to mention, what's his name? Oh, my God. Uh, Chris Waddle, Eric Waddle, something like that. No, Jalen Waddle, yeah. Jalen Waddle, yeah, yeah. As that third option, I feel like with Gaskins not – Having the box filled, uh, you know, all those double coverages, they're going to have to keep it safe. Trevor Lawrence, he's young. I believe he had over 3,000 yards with Bama, 24 touchdowns. Uh, options there, Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, uh, ETN as well, Travis ETN, not to mention Sano. I mean, the options are there. I just feel like that the Jaguars are going to be that punching bag in the south with the Texans. And honestly, that's 19 to 21 for me. All right, Mete, I'll get to you for your 19 to 21. Right, my 19th quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think he gets a lot of hate. He's honestly pretty consistent, um, especially for fantasy. He's solid. He threw for over 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, 
my number 20 quarterback is Daniel Jones. Uh, at this point, he's just drafting guys with upside, I feel like. So Jones definitely is one of them since he's young. Uh, he has some turnover issues, but he also has great rushing upside. He ran for 423 yards last year and a touchdown. Um, and number 21, I have Cam Newton. Honestly, I'd have him higher, but I think with the Patriots drafting Mac Jones, he's going to be breathing down his neck for starts. So I feel like Newton will have a short leash if he has a rough go like last year. I think he'll get pulled and Mac Jones could become the starter at any given time. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's definitely something you can, uh, I guess, bake into your um, predictions uh, for quarterbacks. And then, uh, Nate, just getting to you for your uh, 19 to 21. So for 19 to 21, um, I have uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, for Ben Roethlisberger, he has all the talent around him in terms of, like, re- receivers. Um there's, it's a great team over there. The only weakness that I'm kind of concerned about is the O-line. Um, if that O-line doesn't hold up, we're going to see um, Ben take a lot of hits. He's getting up there in age, so um, you can only take so many hits before you go down, and that's kind of concerning to me. And I guess uh, Joe Burrow at 20, it's kind of the same situation. In terms of talent, he's like top 12, but... Last season, he was getting sacked repeatedly. Um, the O-line was not um, protecting him at all, and he ended up getting um, injured. And that's also really concerning, especially considering um, how talented he is. It's kind of like um, you want to draft him based on his talent, but like if he gets injured again, that's kind of like a big risk. So I feel like putting him at tw- uh, 20 is kind of like kind of like safer, if that makes sense. I don't know. And then I put um, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 21. Um, He's going to um, a new team in Washington. Um, He's probably going to prove that he belongs in the top 24, but we'll just have to um, see how good he is. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I guess for my 19 to 21, this might seem kind of low. It might seem like a hot take, but I have Baker Mayfield at number 19. Um, I just feel like that, uh, uh, he's been overhyped every year in fantasy. Uh, I know uh, one one year he was taking like the sixth or seventh quarterback in, in fantasy, and he just hasn't seemed to live up to his draft position. I mean, that's a very run-heavy offense, in my opinion. Um, I know that he didn't really pick it up in the passing game until late in the season. Um, I know he can definitely finish higher than this, but I'm just sort of uh, putting him underneath guys that have a little bit more rushing upside because that's one thing that Baker Mayfield doesn't really have. He has broken off some long runs, but he does not run at a consistent basis. Um, at number 20, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I believe through the first six weeks of the season before he was replaced by Tua in Miami, he was a top eight fantasy quarterback. So he definitely has the upside to do something in the Washington offense. Um, I feel like that this Washington offense is going to open up this season with him there. They also have a number of good receiving options, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, um, Logan Thomas, and others. Um, So definitely uh, he's someone to look out for with upside uh, there in the late 20s. Um, And then um, I have Tua Tagovailoa at 21. 
Um, I definitely could have him a little bit higher just because of his upside and because of the weapons in front of him. But until he proves that he can really be a competent passer um, in terms of, I guess, stretching the field, um, I just don't have as much confidence in him. And he was outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I sort of baked that into my rankings and had Fitzpatrick over top of him. All right, Terry, I'll just get to you for uh, the final uh, three quarterbacks on your top 24. Who do you have? Last three I had, I believe, were Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr, and James Winston. Um, With Fitzpatrick in his limited time back in Miami, 2,000 passing yards, 13 touchdowns. And I believe the Redskin line or was kind of underrated last year. And then you got the weapons around them. Uh, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuel, Danny Golden from last year. I believe he's going to have some opportunities. And then you got Antonio Gibson at running back. I feel like he's going to take some pressure off uh, guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick by making sure the box isn't as loaded. Uh, Derek Carr, on the other hand, 4,000 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, I believe. The offensive line did take a hit last year, so expect the 26 sacks to go up a little bit. But a talent's going to be around him. Uh, Darren Waller, top five tight end. I believe, uh, what's his name? Henry Ruggs, John Brown's on that team as well. Hunter Renfro. The talent around there is underrated and doesn't really get looked at, but it is serviceable. And then with Jameis Winston, I mean, this guy passed over for 5,000 yards before, 30 touchdowns. Unfortunately, he had the 30 INTs as well. But he had laser eye surgery, so hopefully that does help him. <laughs> um, 13 sacks allowed for Drew Brees, I believe, last year. So the offensive line is going to be excellent. And then uh, and the talent around him, just to summarize it, Trey Quan Smith, Mike, um, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, uh, and the rookies down in New Orleans as well. And I feel like James Winston is going to – prove to everyone that he is going to be a top quarterback in this league again. So I guess you're just assuming that he is going to take the starting job. I mean, when you compare it to Taysom Hill, yes, he Taysom Hill does bring that rushing capability, but then if that's the case, why did you sign Alvin Kamara to such a lengthy contract? I feel like that just negates what you're doing with the Saints offense. And plus you hear rumors that Alvin Kamara is going to be highly active in this offense. So Having said that, he's a pass catcher and he's also a rusher. So putting those two together, Taysom Hill might be that guy like Tim Tebow. He might be that tight end out of nowhere. So that's my opinion on the quarterback situation down in NOLA. Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely uh, something to keep an eye on there. And um, yeah, just uh, getting to uh, you, Mete, uh, who do you have there in your top, uh, your final three for your top 24? All right, so my final three, I have Sam Darnold at 22. Like I was saying before, at this point, I like going for guys with upside. And with Sam Darnold being young and him having a new uh, new team, I feel like it should help him since he hasn't been able to live up to his hype in New York. So Sam Darnold at 22. At number 23, I went with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, even though I like going for upside, you got to still give respect to the veterans. And Roethlisberger still had a solid year. What's concerning for me, though, is uh, Nate was saying they don't have the greatest offensive line. He's getting up there in age. And 
the second half of the season, the Steelers were really bad, so he didn't play as great. And then my last quarterback in the top 24, I have Zach Wilson. I know I said I don't really like ranking rookies, but at this point, like, why not roll the dice on the second overall pick? Uh, he had three interceptions in 12 college games last season, so that's great. He looks like he makes great decisions. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, why not just draft a rookie? I guess if you're picking a quarterback that late, you might as well just take the upside at that point. And then, um, Nate, just getting to you for your final three quarterbacks. So for my final three, um, I ended up just putting Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, and Daniel Jones. Um, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are pretty much like entertain their spots are interchangeable depending on who gets to start. Um, if you assume that Jameis Winston gets to start, then Taysom Hill still kind of has utility in other positions. So he could be one of those players that um, you can put him into your roster and he'll still be able to get things done on game day. So he'll probably be able to make up for not necessarily starting somehow. And I guess for Jameis Winston, I still I think he has um, a lot of potential as um, a quarterback. Um He's a little bit in, inconsistent with his throwing. Um, he tends to get um, interceptions, but um, he does get touchdowns as well. He throws for a lot of yards. So um, this year is pretty much his chance to show that he's still a top quarterback in the league, like everyone else was saying. And I guess for Daniel Jones, I put him at 24th. Um, I think this is kind of the lowest that you can put Daniel Jones, um, especially with the team around him in New York. Um, this year it's kind of kind of depend on if everyone can stay 100% healthy but assuming if everyone is healthy there's no reason why he would be um, lower than 24th I think yeah for sure I, I think definitely he has some upside heading into this season and then for my last three quarterbacks I have Kirk Cousins at 22 um, I just feel like um, without uh, any rushing ability from him, he's purely a pocket passer. Um, he's also not the main focal point of his offense. I feel like he's strictly a fantasy backup or uh, a potential streamer. So definitely uh, a guy that is pretty reliable, but I wouldn't consider him a top tier level fantasy quarterback. A number 23, Ben Roethlisberger, a bit of the same. I think I put him a little bit lower just because of his age, but I think he can produce just as well as Kirk Cousins. So uh, I wouldn't fault you for taking taking him uh, he would be a solid backup for a bye week and then uh, number 24 I have Derek Carr this is more of a, a dart throw type of um, I guess quarterback pick I mean he does have weapons like Terry mentioned um, he's definitely going to be a guy that assuming that he starts um, he's going to be throwing touchdowns the only concern I have uh, with him also is that he's not primarily known for his rushing he's also had the tendency to you know uh, maybe uh, throw some interceptions also you know the offensive line isn't that great there so um, he may lose a lot of yards for sacks and so on but um, uh, you know I, he's, he's a, a dart throw I mean he's a he's a streamer he's that type of player um, so I guess he's someone that you can take a look at and I, I guess to just round this everything out uh, Nate. I'll start with you um, I guess maybe any um, sleeper picks outside the top 24 or maybe any questions you have for I guess one of us where we ranked someone maybe you didn't agree with it or maybe you you like the way they ranked someone um, I was wondering what you guys thought about um, Deshaun Watson he's kind of like a huge gamble but he has a lot of talent so it's like a high risk high reward situation 
Um, I don't think he should be quarterback uh, one just because of the chance of, of him being held out. But um, I was wondering what, what we would think of um, if someone kind of reached for him as a quarterback too. Well, one of you guys go ahead. Dante, you go first. All right. Um, quarterback two. Uh, yeah, he's definitely worth it, I think. Um, like if we knew he's playing, I think he's – Easily top 10 for me, probably around like seven, eight for me. So, yeah, the concerns he has with the cases, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I think he's worth a gamble at quarterback, too. Yeah, Terry, any thoughts? Once the season starts to, like, start rolling, we'll figure out his uh, status for the whole season, maybe even for half. Uh, if he does play, he – is probably a top six, maybe top eight quarterback you take. Um, I wouldn't rank him outside of top 12 just because of the fact that uh, he's one of those guys that will just try to do what he can for the team as much as he can. I can't remember his stats off the top of my head right now, but having said that, um, if you have talent like David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb, maybe even Kiki Kuti, as your options, I mean, you can still put a decent fantasy year. You might not be the guy that you, I don't know, build your team around, but he is that guy that you can just add in and make a playoff run. Yeah, for sure. I think I would uh, probably put him around the seventh or eighth spot in my quarterbacks if he was playing for sure. Um, I guess you could just maybe gamble on him with your last pick in your draft. I guess maybe like the way people did with Antonio Brown last year. Um, and then I guess Marshawn Lynch in previous years, guys like that, that we don't know their role heading into the season. You just maybe use a last draft pick on them or whatever, and maybe it pans out that kind of thing if you have a bench spot. But I guess other than that, until we know his status, I think he's borderline undraftable at this point. Um, and then, yeah, um, I guess just getting to you, Mete, any last thoughts, any sleepers, any questions? Uh, sleepers, I have Jameis Winston, like, um, we're not sure if he's going to start, but if he starts, he's definitely in my top 24. Um, and two rookies, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Again, I'm not sure if they're going to start, but if they play, I think they're worth a look for sure. Yeah, I definitely like uh, some of those guys definitely have some rushing upside there if they do get to start. Um, and then I guess, Terry, just getting to you, whether it's a question, whether it's sleepers, whatever it is, anything to close out. And I think he forgot his, uh, <laughs> his mute button. All right, go ahead, Terry. Yeah, my bad. Honestly, um, I don't have any questions for any of y'all. Y'all can uh, rank and compare the QBs as much as you want. Everyone has their different uh, criteria when it comes to this type of stuff. Um kind of the sleepers that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully Zach Wilson does prove that maybe it was a Sam Darnold problem back in New York. Um, honestly, I don't have that many others. I mean, hopefully, what's his name down in Chicago starts? Justin Fields, yeah. Yes, thank you. Hopefully he starts and then, uh, you know, hold the reins in, down in Chicago and then maybe in Denver they figure out what's going on between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Locke looks like the guy at the start, but who knows? Maybe Teddy changes some eyes uh, down in preseason. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I guess some sleepers that I had, Sam Darnold was one. Definitely whoever starts as the Saints quarterback, whether it's uh, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, definitely take a look there. You guys mentioned uh, Zach Wilson as well. Um, I guess maybe you can throw Jimmy Garoppolo in there as like a streamer, um, depending on how healthy he is and if he starts. I mean, Andy Dalton, different guys you can definitely take a look at. Potentially Jared Goff, depending on if the Lions are always playing from behind. Um, he's definitely going to be throwing the ball a lot more this year than he was in L.A. So that's definitely uh, something to keep an eye on uh, if he is playing decent football. Um, and then I guess I just wanted to say that um, I, I'm pretty sure like in our top 12s, I think we had a, around 10 guys that were consistent between all of our lists. And then as we got further into like QB2 territory, like 13 to 24, it was like a big mix of like mess. Like we just had guys ranked all over the place. And I mean, that's fine. We all have different opinions on each of them on how we feel like they're going to finish next year. And I mean, that's the whole point of playing fantasy football. If we knew who was going to be good by the end of the year, there would be no point in playing anyways. So I I think that's definitely a good thing. And I think uh, we can wrap it up with that. Um, that's going to be the end of Fanatics Football. Definitely check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Check us out for picks. Check us out for other content as well. Um, definitely for this podcast, head to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Definitely like, subscribe, share. Uh, click the bell for notifications. Leave a review, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again, guys, uh, for today. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.